Hello, my name is Kids with Soul, and you are now tuned into the Encore Radio Show. The views and comments expressed on the following radio program by its hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the views of... Account. My alpha probably talking more than your rent is about I'm spending money just to make it, we getting it out But that's the hustle, nigga, guess I just figured it out Gold on my neck, goals on my check, holes on my dick Falls on the net, niggas think I rose from the dead Put the pressure in, they fold down the dad Poopoo niggas only trying to join the cult for the dad No flash, doing shit that never was possible in the past Good morning, folks this is Ias Jones. This is Ias, and it's the Uncle Radio Show. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, as you heard already, we're here with Kids with Soul. Uh, thank you for coming in, sir. Thank really you appreciate for having it. me, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming, man. Honestly, we like you know we we like uh, breaking artists, listening to artists, hearing their story. Uh, everybody's story is so unique. So let's start with yours, man. Let's tell me a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and. Um, this project, man, uh, project you dropped last year. We gotta talk more about that and more. But anyway, yes. So first, start with. Uh, well, I'm from Staten Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've been doing music since I was 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got into it just by being in like chorus. I just yeah. randomly tried it. Mm-hmm. Just, just doing covers, and um, I just got into music. Uh, I was born in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then my parents moved out to Staten Island, so I kind of, I guess I grew up there. Manhattan, Manhattan, or Harlem? Uh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't be, don't be one of them people who try to say Harlem, Manhattan. Because no, Harlem is, is its own city. I, it's its own, it is, like... It's, but it was 125th. It's across Harlem. from Rucker, Harlem, okay. Rucker Park. Harlem's worth its own borough, though. near Rucker Park, so... Fair enough, okay, okay. Harlem is not a borough. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, do, don't tell the truth? Okay. Don't tell the truth? I. Harlem, Harlem is a sixth borough. That's but you know when someone's from Harlem because they got to let you know they're from Harlem. <laughs> I'm, I'm still learning as I, as I move further and further uptown now. Um, anyway, so dope. That's dope. Uh, let's start off Let's start off with this project here. Beautiful First color. off, thank you for bringing us merchandise. Folks, we love merchandise. You bring us merchandise, we bring you back on the show. I'm talking about you. <laughs> we do love no, merchandise, though, so appreciate that. The Native Land. So talk to me about the project. Um, you, the, worked, you worked with Kep? Kep, is that how you say it? Yes, yes, Kep. Yeah. Um, Let's start with the cover, though, first, because oh, yeah. we have this reverse triangle, and then you have all these interesting designs, but you have layers in the triangle. So where did you come up with the cover art for it first? Well, we wanted to get, like, this... It's just a, a project full of just weird... I don't know how to understand it. It's like it sounds like you're in space. Okay. And okay. it sounds like a trippy kind of a lot of different sounds, a lot of different harmonies, mm-hmm. and a lot of different stuff. And we just when you like listen to it, I feel like you see if it makes sense. You see colors. Okay. Like okay. you know, and you just kind of see images, and it's just like very dark. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it it was it was just something that we just put together. We pretty much had the cover first. Mm-hmm. Okay. We actually went with that and we're like okay we want to make the project um sound like that cover okay right. like you know have that dark spacey trippy mm-hmm. uh sound so that's where like you know it, we actually got the sound after we got the the artwork fair enough yeah okay so 
Uh, listening to the project, I like it. Um, like I told you before, whatever we, you know, we we communicated, we communicated a lot, matter of fact. But um, no, I, I I really do like your sound. I do like I, when I go on your SoundCloud, I just hit play. I, I, I mean, it really sucks because I really appreciate when so, uh, if you have thirty tracks on SoundCloud, right? Right. I don't understand why I have to listen to your most recent first and then hear the last song, like the first song you did last. I want to hear it in reverse. I want to hear your progression. I don't mm -hmm. want to hear you. I mean, for some people, artists basically uh, digress, devolve basically to someone who I didn't really want to hear it for. You know, like artists, <laughs> artists sound that it grows as they as they mature as an artist or whatnot. And one thing I do like about you is your sound. So talk to me a little bit about your sound. Like it's like a, how can I explain it? It's like uh, many harmonizing sounds of you. Yeah, um, the way that I went about it is like, I, like any artist, I trialed and errored it. Like, mm -hmm. I was just like, I went from being inspired by certain artists and just like kind of chasing that sound mm -hmm. and just being like, okay, how can I, they sound so good like that, I want to kind of, you know, dabble into that sound to just creating like a giant melting pot. So mm -hmm. I took like... I took like maybe like the cro like the crooning of like Kid Cudi, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then I took like um, maybe a little raspiness from like Chance the Rapper, mm -hmm. or like you know, um, or I took the weekends like you know falsetto and dark you know that dark demeanor, yeah. and um, you know I listened to a whole bunch of different artists, but the way I did it was just pretty much grabbed from like my favorite artists mm -hmm. and just mixed it all up and kind of just created my own sound, which I feel like you know I'm able to spread out throughout like all my music. You know, Side I... note, so speaking of Kid Cudi, he recently came out with his project Speeding Bullet to Heaven. Um, what do you think of it? I want to listen to a little bit of it, but I want to hear your opinion on it. Um, I wasn't able to listen to it in full, but yeah. what I did grasp from it is he was just, I guess, taking like a leap of faith like the same thing like Kanye did with Jesus I mean yeah you, you know but uh. but um I not to say that I truly enjoyed it because I've been a Kid Cudi fan since you know the the get you know I've listened to all his projects you know seen him in concert um, on multiple occasions and this one like I did appreciate it in terms of like him trying something new okay. um, and I feel like it's just something that everybody is going to you know understand you know mm -hmm. he he just needed to be relevant to what was going on in his life and yes there are you know some rough tracks you know because I've listened to it you know a little bit but overall I just I think it was very brave and I like it and not to say that he aced it mm -hmm. but it opens up uh, it opens up a door for someone who may want to go into that like punk like rock kind of feel mm. and I, I feel like it opens up a door it's a di it's definitely a different sound it's mm -hmm. definitely a different sound you know I, I think that I find a lot of artists they take more chances on mixtapes mm -hmm. like you know they will try a new sound try a new style uh, talk about topics that they typically wouldn't talk about in their main work yeah. on a mixtape. I, I I expected it to be in a mixtape, whatever. Um, I haven't heard it enough to be able to make a public comment about it. But I mean, I, I I've, I'm at this point right now where a lot of like an artist would have to do legitimate trash work for me to be like, nah, that shit was garbage. I didn't like it. You're hey, so you know. generous. I hope to be generous as you when I grow up. You know, <laughs> so you know. Serious. Honestly, I think that. I mean, no, I, I think that. Every 
every artist, every body of work they put together, it comes from a place, you know? If you're in a dark place where your shit feels like trash, maybe it, maybe that's just what you're gonna put out. I mean, you know, sometimes, like, you know, I mean, for me, like, I would never listen, I, I said this a lot, I would never listen to a Keisha Cole project if she was happy. I think that that shit would be trash. I need Keisha Cole to be sad. I need her heart to be broken. I know, I know her and Daniel Gibson broke up now, so I'm waiting for some fantabulous something where she is crying her heart out on tracks. And I'm like, yes, Keisha, I'm about this. You know, if the weekend was super happy, I'm not hearing. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to fuck with you. I happy. mean, I don't want the weekend when he's sober. Like, yeah, it did. I mean, like I just but, there's something that I need from a certain artist. You know, mm-hmm. so and I, I'm starting to find you know my happy place with every artist that I listen to. Cause I don't listen to everybody. I don't. But back to the native land. Uh, nine tracks on here. The my favorite track. I don't know about everyone else, but my favorite track is called Suicide Tendencies. This is the second track on there. Um, talk to some people about. The song. Um, well, that one we actually recorded the day of the release. Oh, okay. um, uh, yeah, um, at my house. But um, that one was pretty much just like a lot. I speak a lot on just like troubles of just the world and troubles of my mind and troubles of like everyday life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you know I had like put in there, you know, talking about you know just like police. Um, and, and talking about just, you know, that, that hunger to just be, like, great, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, just different thoughts that I have running in my mind, and a lot of times, like, it's all scrambled, mm-hmm. but when I make, you know, when we made that song, um, we were just speaking from the heart, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and I think, actually, that's been one of the favorites for most people that I have spoke, mm-hmm. who have heard the, uh, project, but, um, with that track, yeah, we both just, you know, came together and uh, we were just like, all right, how can we just uh, project like this dark, but very, very um, motivated and very like, you know, um, aware, aware to tell people that, you know, we're we're just aware of like what's important and, you know, what troubles us. So that's how that, that track came. Fair about. enough, fair mm-hmm. enough. So when you're looking for a particular song, right? Um, you work with producers that have that particular sound that you're looking for. Um, I do not want to fuck his name up, but I feel like I'm going to. And I kind of like tried to study this beforehand and it didn't work out. I almost called him A Dot the God before, and I was like, no, because then that wouldn't make any sense because it wouldn't be A Dot He God. So is it a do or a do? It's like Ado the God. Ado the God. Oh. Fair enough. Okay, so I've seen that you work with him a lot, even outside of Project Poe, you know, in a lot yeah. of your more recent work that we've been, um, I've been listening to. Um, what's your connection with him? Well, uh, one of my uh, friends from Staten Island, uh, he was part of the White Lighter Club. Mm-hmm. He uh, put me on to Ado the God. He showed mm-hmm. me his sound click. Okay. Uh, I would okay. say three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and for my first project, I I just went through it. It was he had like eighty songs on the sound click, maybe ninety songs. Okay. Uh, not songs, but um, well, instrumentals yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and stuff like that. And I just heard them, and I pretty much felt like I almost connected with like, you know, each one on a different uh, level. Not enough to go through and record on all of them, but mm-hmm. but like enough where I was saying his sound is like something that I see I can like compliment or vice versa. Um, and I've reached out to him and he's uh, he's like, you know, retweeted or posted and I've, I've talked to him through email. 
Um, and I've gotten a lot of instrumentals from him, you know, just even that aren't even released, uh, mm -hmm. songs that aren't released. So I've I've known him for like, yeah, about three years, um, you know, but we've talked briefly, you know, mostly business, but but um, he's definitely, you know, hooked me up with some, you know, some beats, some stuff that's not out, you know, that yeah. he had in his, uh, his inventory. But it's definitely one of my favorite, uh, definitely one of my favorite producers. Actually, yeah. And not to mention that you're on here as, as a producer as well. Oh, yes. yes. So, so talk to me about your production skills. Like, what is what is what is your sound? Um, ooh, I I dabble into a lot of different sounds. Um, particularly for the project, uh, I did a boom, more of like a boom bap. Okay. Uh, I sampled the Isley Brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, for that one, and it was more like you know like a. Uh, you know, hi-hats and just claps and just like the nice smooth old-school sample mm -hmm. And then we kind of just like livened it up a bit and it's more of like a happy-go-lucky Kind of go get it okay. um, song, okay. but in terms of sound, you know, I've I've done, you know, like very bassy 808 mm -hmm. um, Very speaker knocker like just you know blow your speakers out. Uh, I have a song called bad luck mm -hmm. um, which I also produce myself which is more of like a R&B, kind of very ambient, um, but like hard-hitting drums in certain instances, but I, I try to dabble and try to, you know, just get like a different uh, sound for every every beat that I make. I try to make it almost, you know, non-comparable to the next. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. Um, I do find that some, some producers that kind of stay in a particular lane, and it's kind of like, not to say that every beat that sounds the same, but if you know how you have a book, Every page isn't the same, but it's kind of connected. I started, yeah. you know, but I, I do like being able to show diversity, whatever. I think that's how a lot of producers, they kind of start out. They, you know, they have, they kind of like dive from here to there and so on and so forth, whatever. And they find a certain thing that they like and yeah. they go from there. Um, so, back to the project now. You worked with Kep. Yes. Um, being in Staten Island, um, do you find that your access to certain artists that more that may be in like Brooklyn or up in the Bronx, whatever, where, you know, obviously Staten Island is more so isolated than the other than the other four boroughs. Sorry, five, and if you include Harlem. Um, oh, this again? <laughs> oh, this again? All right, all right. Do you, you, ain't, you, ain't, you ain't a borough, Harlem. <laughs> Do you find that it's a little bit harder to connect to artists outside of Staten Island? Um, I would say no. Okay. I've, I've definitely been in contact with with artists and producers um, mm. outside of the island. Okay. You know, there's a there's a thing where like, I feel that Staten Island, not to be cliche, but like, you know, it gets a lot of the shadow of the New York end. Yes. Mm. But if you're on Staten Island and you kind of dabble in, you will really find like, really talented artists mm. Mm. on Staten Island. You know, and I, I feel like, you know, maybe some don't get the credit, you know, like as in, I know Brooklyn has a lot of, um, even just upcoming and people who have established themselves as well as like Harlem, uh, <laughs> you know, that have, you know, that are in the mainstream um, eye, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's, it's, it's difficult. I think it's just more so people in Staten Island not reaching out mm -hmm. to the other boroughs and, and vice versa. I, I think it just all depends on the artist because I have connected with like producers and and also like other artists outside of Staten Island, you know, through Brooklyn or Manhattan. So. And correct me if I'm wrong, does, does Wu Tang Clan claim Staten Island or is it Long Island? 
No, they they definitely could stand out. They said, yeah. okay, yeah. so so stand out has some has some gems. But yeah. um She's an import from California. We you root for that. Anyway, um, your track LSD. Tell us where you were when you um, wrote that song. Um, I was in my basement. Mm -hmm. Um, that actually was like a, I guess like a love song, mm -hmm. but also it was just like a full out double entendre. Mm -hmm. Um, it was like more so about you know tripping and more so about you know just being in love. So it was mm -hmm. like I took kind of like oh you know you're on this type of um, psychedelic mm -hmm. but it's you know just really you're just so in love it's just it's that feeling like that you know that peaceful and that free and that just like I feel like when you're in love you you have a different thought on the world you see the world differently mm -hmm. um, you know just as if you're you know sad or you're you know anything when you have these feelings you just you feel a certain you know uh, feeling you know so it's just more of a bliss and more of a an understanding of just certain things so i i just we wrote we just did a double entendre throughout so just between you know both so i didn't ask you about your background um as much as i typically would have but i mean but however how, however you get however you got however i think every oh did you actually go to school for it right? yeah like, i don't i don't think yeah i don't think see okay here's my thing about that right i've been having this argument with myself or some people around me really about the relevance of school yeah. or the relevance of oh, we've had conversation. yeah relevance yeah. of school or the relevance of a degree like i feel like you could if you took three years if you took let's call it four if you took the four years that you went to school right and you interned at a, at a company that you where you think you may want to be at for four years where would you who, like do you think you'd be further along if you went to school or further along if you went if you were in the company I think it's the company because obviously they're they're teaching you, they're training you to be exactly what they want you to be. Whereas at school, they're giving you more of a general exactly. know, basis yeah. and stuff, whatever. So if you have a background in music that's from you know your, your uncle who may have thirty years in music, I think that's more relevant than saying, "Oh yeah, I went to Five Towns." Sorry, no shot, no shade to Five oh. Towns. I know mad people went to Five Towns, but you know it's like a lot of people have come to me and said, "Well, Five Towns didn't help me as much as they would like." So mm -hmm. yeah, um, no, I mean I don't have any type of I would say teaching or any mm -hmm. type of you know inspiration for doing music except for like you know myself being as young as like I would say seven or eight when I was like really really heavy into music just listening to music and mm -hmm. you know just saving money you know from like allowance to just like buy CDs and and just listen to them and I would have like these uh, these like giant um, CD cases that mm -hmm. were just like page after page after page wow, after page okay. of CDs really? that I would just like save up and my music I would say like you know my musical um, you know inspiration came from just self and you know like I said when I was in high school uh, I was singing in the staircase mm -hmm. um, just randomly like just for fun um, and the chorus teacher had heard like us um, singing and he pulled me out of my uh, drama class mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, you're gonna be in chorus and you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that. And up until then, I never had really, uh, I had never really, I loved music, mm -hmm. but I didn't realize that maybe I had something to, you know, to show and something to do. Um, but I never got like any type of teaching. Uh, I I had like, you know, I saved up, I bought a, bought a Mac, uh, mm -hmm. saved up, bought a microphone, saved up, bought a keyboard. 
um, all my components, mic stand, and everything that you need. And I just went for it. Like I took a leap of faith, mm-hmm. and uh, I just started writing. You know, I, I went from covers, and I just started writing. And then I realized that like what I had to say or what I felt like other people were starting to relate. Mm-hmm. You know, I never had put it on SoundCloud at that point, but I just would just like, oh, you know, hey, listen to this. Do you mm-hmm. mind? Like, oh, just listen to this. And people would really sit there like, like what? Like, you know, that, no. that's that's you? Or yeah. like, you know, that's you? And it's just like, and that's where I feel like I just I just got it from self and I just pushed myself. Um, and yeah, that's how I got, you know, where I am like musically now. So, so okay, so you were in chorus. That means you can sing well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fine. So, um, what do you think is the most is the core is the cover that you sound the best doing? The cover that I sound the best. And just just for note, I'm about to ask you to sing it too. So <laughs> put this poor man on. On blast, piano, I don't even know if I can remember the words, but uh, the the best cover that and it is actually recorded um, that I did record it was I would say Titanium. Okay. By Sia. Wow. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I um I know it's a very difficult song and she's like a it very is. very very talented uh, artist, but uh, that was yeah that, I feel like that was the one where I was like whoa this cover is like sick I've done. So what that. made you what made you try what made you try that one? Um, I just liked the message and I and I just liked her her sound and just like I like the mystery behind her. She's you know? so funny because she literally hides her face. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just loved it. I thought that that was just such a a great um i would say like just not a gimmick but just a, a great image i guess like a great image so y'all and y'all ain't catch that right but i just handed him my phone with the lyrics because we gotta hear this man singing here right because you hella shameless it's what it is because like at the end of the day right i could throw i could throw in you know a song he did or whatever in a podcast but Nothing, nothing, everyone likes to cancel when you sing live. That's all, that's all good. Yeah. So, as you're ready, whenever you're ready. This is the actual. Mm-hmm. Um. He's your soul, Titanium. You shout it out, but I can't hear a word you say to me. I'm talking loud, not saying much. I'm criticized, but all your bullets ricochet off me. You shoot me down, I get up. I'm bulletproof, nothing to lose. Fire away, fire away. Ricochet, you take your aim. Fire away, fire away.
Raise your voice, sticks and stones may break my bones today I'm talking loud, not saying much I'm bulletproof, nothing to lose Fire away, fire away Ricochet, you take your aim Fire away, fire away You shoot me down, but I won't fall I am titanium You shoot me down, but I won't fall I am titanium Alright folks, so we're gonna, we're gonna take our first break. Uh, when we come back, we got more with Kids With Soul. Uh, we got we got to cover his new project coming out. Um, I heard first quarter, so we're gonna run with that. Um, we're also gonna be talking about, uh, obviously some sad now, we're gonna talk about Eric Gardner, talking about things that have been going on, Black Lives Matter, Donald Trump, some and more. It's <laughs> the Encore Radio Show, folks. <laughs> Good morning. morning. Coming up on a future episode of the Encore Radio Show. Will we live or we last? And that's the question I ask. Will we live or we learn? Or where the tables who turn? Or when our spirits are burnt? Maybe the lesson is learn, learn. Conspiracy theory screaming Illuminati. Only 18 with so much skill in my body. I turn around and all I see these rappers I body. But I ain't worried about taking bodies. My losses are shoddy. Hey, you already know. And we're back to the Encore Radio Show. And we are here in the studio with Kids with Soul. So you have your forthcoming project coming out either the end of this year or the start of next year, and what's going on with that? Yes. Um. Well, originally I had like made it, you know, where I would put it out this year, but just due to like certain um, new ideas I had and just like new experiences I had that I do want to include on the project, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just not trying to rush anything. I'm trying to make sure that like I take my time uh, with this one as I did with like the last. And you know, just make sure that it's exactly what I want, like you know, everyone to hear. So, does it have an official release date? I First would, quarter. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say to be safe. You'll be seeing it within the first, the first to second week of January. Oh, okay, okay, a hundred percent. It okay. won't be past that. Just don't pull Frank Ocean on us, cause I won't, I won't be able to survive it. I, I can't survive it. any more disappointment. <laughs> oh man, just you know, side note, <laughs> side note. When you said forthcoming, I was like, I hope, I was like, he, I hope we don't have like an ASAP Ferg moment where he's like, this is not my fourth project, this is my second. I, well, <laughs> I just, I, it's the first thing I thought, but I'm like, you know, what, let me stop. I'm like, let me stop quietly laughing because otherwise he might, might throw him off. Anyway, but no. So tell me a little bit about the project. I, I, I know this one is uh, pretty close to your heart. Um, yeah. Uh, what? It's pretty much, I would say, two years in the making. Mm, okay. Um, it's a lot of um unfinished 
um, things that I had before, which I knew I had concepts that I wanted to like grasp, mm -hmm. but I didn't live them or I didn't feel those feelings. Yeah, yeah. So it's stuff that, you know, I wanted to talk about or, um, you know, I just had ideas for it and I just wasn't able to really go forth on it, you know. So it's it's like a start. You'll, you'll see it. It's It builds to a climax and it just falls right back down mm. and then it goes right back up. So okay. it's like it's okay. like a roller coaster effect. It's like you start from this just building and it's just like you get anxious and anxious and anxious mm. and then it's just a big boom and then it just calms down and it just goes back like I I don't know how to explain it and you know and we'll I, wait for we'll wait for the tape. We'll wait yeah, for the tape. Yeah. So you're 22 now, right? Yeah. So this is from 20 to 22. Yeah. 2022 was crit was some two crazy ass years for me. So I can imagine if I had put that into some creative uh, juices or whatnot and made it, made, you know, call a project. Mm. Only me, right? Yeah. If I called it a project, me. yeah, it would be pretty fucking interesting. I drank a lot, personally. <laughs> I, drank, I, drank a lot, I drank a lot too, actually. I mean, I drank, I drank, I, I smoked for the I first smoked. time. I graduated <laughs> college. I moved to Barbados, moved to New York. I, love, I did a lot of shit. Love, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. So, mm -hmm. sounds about right. Yeah, I would I would say that what happened was is like I got out of high school, and mm -hmm. as everyone is, you're clueless to mm -hmm. exactly life. Yeah, there's there's a bubble <laughs> there's a bubble you're in until you get to a certain age. Yeah. Um, and I was making a lot of like music that was fun, um, which was I felt like it was a very premature, but you know I was I was capturing a a good sound, but it was premature, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know I feel like yes through that. 20 to like 22 i just like saw the world for what it is mm -hmm. um in terms Shit. of in, ter <laughs> in terms of the you know the destructiveness the you know the what's important the mm -hmm. what's uh presented to you the mm -hmm. you know the basis of like oh you should strive for this or you should go for this or you should want to achieve this mm -hmm. but you know they never explain to you how to be like happy Mm. You know, yeah. and um, this project Jesus. is more so how I, I thought, you know, certain things, and I thought I wanted certain things, or I thought those were the goals, and I thought, you know, having a lot of money, or that I would be able to have like a nice car if I did this, or, you know, certain things like that, and I just realized the truth of it, you know, and and I always thought a lot of stuff should be like handed to me, you know, you are uh, not handed to me, but like, you know, you feel like. Sometimes you're just like, you don't realize like what you could lose or what's your blessings. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel that you just day to day, you're kind of like, oh, I got this. Yeah. You know, and you're, you're not always humble. And there's a mm -hmm. lot of experiences that occur within any point in time in your life where like you feel that you're humbled. You know, yeah. you have things taken away from you. You have rejections that come toward your way you have you know all this stuff and i feel like i was at a point of like fun and more so oh yeah you know this is how the world is and then i just crashed like you know because i i was full out into in that whole i guess a dream world like yeah. this dreamland of mm -hmm. like you know thinking you know oh yeah it's gonna go this way and this is how stuff goes and and not understanding you know debts and not understanding uh bills and not mm -hmm. understanding you know all these aspects of life that high school never taught you you know mm -hmm. so that's where this project kind of 
puts it like all together. So. I love it already. I love it already. I'm just excited. hearing you talking about it, just every time you said something, it took me back to a place where I was at at that time period. I was like, fuck, like, yeah, I definitely got, <laughs> definitely you know, got humbled that time. You feel invincible, yeah. and it's just, and you know, nah. someone just, yeah. yeah. Pull the rug your head right off. from underneath you, it's like, fuck. Exactly. All right, exactly. start over, and then you start over, and you get to another place, and it's like, fuck. Exactly. Like, Got these bills and uh, this and that. Yeah. Like, damn. I have like a, a line which I will show you guys, um, you know, the song later or whatever. Yeah. But um, it's just like, you know, working so hard for reality checks. You know, it's just like, mm. you know, it's you feel like you're building yourself up to something so much. And it's just like you come across these walls. But um, during the project, you know, I, I do come to these walls, you know, and I, I do get stuck. But um you know, by the end of it, you know, I do go through a, a dark state, but, but like, I know that I, I come to a conclusion where I really know I can conquer it. And, you know, and I'm in the mind state I'm in now, which is that, that go getter and that, you know, do what I have to do and be humble and, you know, count blessings and, and, you know, be good to other people and, and, you know, share your good vibes and your energy yeah. and, mm -hmm. and, you know, minimize the, you know, your unhappiness and try to spread love, you know, yeah. and, and not hate, you know. What's interesting about that is that um, it's good that you find that out now. You know, I and you're actually able to like put it in a in a format that can never be taken away from you. Like, you know, you could if you wrote it down in a diary, you know, some fucking shit you could it could get lost, it could get stolen, and the house could fucking burn down. Like, all kind of like crazy shit could happen, yeah. right? You record something, you put that shit on SoundCloud, you know, someone snags it up and it gets copied and copied and copied and copied and copied, and all of a sudden, whatever, it's it's stuck forever. It is now, it, it is. Remember how, I mean, I don't know, I didn't do this in school neither, but I saw it on TV a lot. You know how they have like those time capsules where they. Oh, yeah, the yeah. My, in my high school, we did that. Yeah, we had a time capsule. <laughs> Fucking California, motherfuckers. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now, nah, you know, honestly, you know, it, that's, it's, it's really like a time capsule. It's like it's stuck here forever. Like this is, this is it. You know, I've never actually uh, recorded aside from this right here. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that music, and this is kind of leading into the next question, I feel like music is almost like a diary. It's like, mm -hmm. this is things that I want to talk about, blah, blah, blah. So but for you right now, you're putting out, you're putting out singles. You've been putting out singles for basically almost every week now, um, leading up to the project. None of these songs are even going to be on the project, right? Mm -mm, no. Exactly. Right. So this is like, okay, this is what's been happening, you know, this time, this time I'm still recording, but this project that I have is, this is, this is my book. This yeah. Is the book of, mm -hmm. you know, you know, 20 to 22. And this is what I'm talking about. Exactly. This is what happened to me. Yeah. But more like importantly, that. like you're making the kind of music that, that, that carries with people. Mm -hmm. I know the music that I love though. It's kind of music that literally follows me wherever I go. Like it just find, it finds its way into my life in some way. And it becomes something that I need as a means of getting through our day to day. So do you feel like your next project is hopefully seeking that sort of longevity in that people would be like, yeah, track number five is my shit. Like I can't get through the day without listening to that song. Yeah, I feel like what I did with it was bring an intimate approach. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I feel like I, I talked about stuff that I haven't even told, you know, the closest of my friends. You know, mm -hmm. like I, that's why I chose to not release anything as, you know, those singles. I've chose to not release anything from this project. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a lot of stuff that, you know, was on my mind or a lot of stuff that I went through that, you know, not to say I went through it alone. But I just had to take a lot of time to really see what was what. So I, I feel like, you know, you're saying, yeah, like someone's going to say, hey, you know, this track, it really speaks to me and it gets me through this time or this day. I feel like I'm going to have 
um, like I said, I would uh, say maybe like nine tracks mm -hmm. to be safe. Okay. Um, okay. That are just all intimate. I really don't have any really crazy club banger. I do have some heavy songs on there, but mm -hmm. it's nothing too uh, fun. Like mm -hmm. fun. It's it's yeah. a lot of like just thoughts and a lot of like just intimate. Just like something that you wouldn't even talk to people about, and you'd be like, "Oh, he's going through that too," or, mm -hmm. or you know, "Oh, I feel that way," but like I don't want to say it to everyone else because you know, like we're all wearing these like you know mask and the yeah. whole, "Oh yeah, smile, smile, smile." So everybody. You're to do like a J Cole and Drake type thing in the studio. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would, you know, but like, just a me kind of thing, just mm -hmm. where people don't expect it. If you personally know me, whether you're my mother, whether you're my father, whether you're my, you know, my cousin, my, you know, my closest of brothers and stuff, um, you just wouldn't know that, like, I was thinking those things or maybe that, you know, I was, like, going through those things, mm -hmm. you know? So it's just going to speak to speak to people close to me and just speak to, to other people, I hope, you know, they, they really take it in. So we talked a little bit outside about where you record, you record in your house. Yeah. Right. Was it easier? I mean, I know some people, they come to a studio, they got the engineer in there, and they may they record, but I, I mean, I don't know. I, again, like I said, I've never recorded before, but they may say, well, damn, like, I, I want to talk about this, but I don't want to talk about this in front of this person. You know, is it easier? Because you can, you, you literally can just be like, all right, I'm going to record right now, and I'm going to say what's on my mind right now with no one watching me. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, recording at home, I've given myself, like, a lot of perks um, okay. in terms okay. of, like, no time restrictions or any type of, um, you know, just no rushing of what I want to say and how I want to put it on, you know, a song. So I feel like there are times where I've gone to other people's houses to record, you know, they have their little setups and stuff. And like, I, I couldn't record certain songs. You know, I felt personally, I just couldn't record certain songs because I felt like it wasn't polished I wouldn't be able to have it just in a polished sense or just have that like the way I want it to I don't know resonate with somebody because I go through a lot of like record just cut it record cut record cut you know whether I'm changing the lyrics uh, whether I'm changing the melodies you know so it's a lot of stuff that I feel that is very intimate to me so having my own you know space and my own uh, you know no time restrictions it, I feel like it's really given me the power to really truly say what I want to say mm. and take my time yeah. to say what I want to say and like, you know, put it into song and, and make it whether, you know, catchy or, or create a flow, you know, that, that I like. So I think definitely um, recording um, by myself is, is a plus. That's what's up. Okay, so also within these last two years, I mean, I, I just, I, I swear I just spoke about this either on Twitter or Instagram, but... Um, these last 18 months, um, in terms of society, with, oh, yeah. yeah, with Black Lives Matter going on, with police, with, with police brutality, with police killings, shootings. with mass shootings, domestic and international terrorism, a lot of stuff has happened. I mean, there's a lot of material out there for everyone to speak of, you know, so I could, I mean, you, you said like before, prior to um, this project and even some time before that, you were talking, you, a lot of your music was like very fun, catching blah, 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 and it kind of like took a turn, you know, especially even, even with the native land, it was more, like you said, it was a little more dark, mm -hmm. you know, did, did that affect you um, and affect your music as well? In terms of what's going on in the world, yeah. yes. 
um, it like I said, it was a reality check. You know, mm-hmm. like they they keep you, man. It's it's just like a shield. It's just like it's crazy. And then like once you see the world for what it is, I mean, maybe it's always been like that. You know, media is a very huge yeah powerful tool in our society like right now so there's a lot of you know anything you know instagram facebook twitter um uh, snapchat everything gets documented in one way or another Mm -hmm. so you know it's not to say maybe it it has always been like that but we just didn't it wasn't in the line you know in the light Mm -hmm. yeah but i feel like yes definitely what's gone on and just all the injustice um just all the the hate in the world you know that has gone on and and it's just definitely affected what i want to speak on yeah and just how i feel on a day-to-day you know just knowing it's it's sometimes hard to go on knowing that you know you uh you work for a government that does this mm-hmm. or you you know i mean you live in a country that approves of this or mm-hmm. you know they don't tell you what they do in other countries but they call you know they call everyone uh, terrorist or they or you know they put people in categories but you know they don't it's not to say you know they always do it but they're definitely doing some evil things in other countries yeah. that aren't documented and aren't and aren't said because they don't have social media they don't have electricity yeah, they don't have right. water clean yeah. water you know so it's yeah it's definitely affected me it's made it more of like you know wanting to to move forward in life and wanting to, you know, dig into the society of everything and, and fit in and do all that. But at the end of the day, I just know that, you know, you have to take care of, like, the people you're closest to and, and people who, you know, um, just need that helping hand. Um, you know, there's like, there's, you don't know, like, the smallest thing you do, like, what it, it does to a person's, like, day, week, mm-hmm. month, year, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, yeah, definitely, like... Everything that's happening and all that craziness, it's its definitely taken a, a toll. Oh, so then um, a follow-up question is, what do you think is the responsibility of the rapper or hip-hop artist, rather? And how do, how do you... That's the same question. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you think um, what you're creating fits into, I guess, this narr- this world narrative, if you will? Um, I, I feel that every artist is, is someone's idol, is someone's, like, superhero or role mm. model or... Or just like, you know, you feel like you relate, like a friend mm-hmm. or, or someone who who just like understands you, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I feel that a lot of artists, they, they just make what they think people want to hear or what, what is popular or like, you know, that mm-hmm. everything has to be about, I guess, like spending money or... And bitches. <laughs> yeah, or bitches and... And just all, and, and, or drugs and, and you know, taking them and seeing that, you know, just putting it on this level of like, oh, that's the cool thing to do or, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like there res- there's a responsibility. It's to guide the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason why there's a lot of violence. There's a reason why, you know, and it's not to say it's strictly on music. It's everything. But, mm-hmm. you know, music, there there is a lot of violence, you know, and there is a lot of stuff that's talked about like, oh, yeah, you know. I'll bang on you or I have this set and I'll do this and Mm -hmm. you know and it's like oh yeah cops you know whatever like you know we're not afraid of anything and all this it's it's just like where's the peace you know Mm -hmm. I I feel that I keep the peace and you know and I just like want to me personally I just want to like spread the love there's gonna have there's gonna be times where I have hate in my heart Mm -hmm. 
you know, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like push it forward on other people who are happy or, mm-hmm. or, you know, spread that hate, you know, it's mm-hmm. more so just a self dealing. Mm-hmm. But musically, like like I said, I feel like the responsibility is to just say what you feel and, and, and say your real experiences and, and don't fabricate it. I mean, if you are the world's best drug dealer, then you are the yeah, world's so best it drug is dealer. It is what it is. <laughs> but, you know, if you're, you know, whatever. Or if you're, you know, if you're the most, you know, depressed person, but music you feel makes you get away from it, then, you know, say what you're upset about and, and let people mm-hmm. really know how you feel because I think that's where it translates, mm-hmm. um, you know, to people when you actually really feel what they're saying, you know, in, you know, tone of their voice or just the words, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think artists just have a heavy responsibility. Because everybody's listening to music, you know, it's, it's so big. It doesn't matter who you are. You have some favorite artist or some favorite song that, you know, you can go to, you know, that makes you happy or gets you through rough times. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so 2015 was a crazy year for releases. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, it seemed like almost everyone dropped a project in 2015. Everyone in the matter. Right, so what artists are you looking for to drop projects from in the, well, for 2016? 2016. Um, you just give us like two or three. I'm looking forward to um, views from the six. Okay. okay. Um, uh, Frank Ocean, if it ever occurs. Uh, Untitled, uh, yeah, unknown, whatever yeah, fucking project. You that about, album, yes. I, I feel, is gonna be very. It's gonna. It, it's gonna change a lot of stuff. It's it's gonna do numbers. <laughs> um, as well as uh, I would say, whatever's coming out of TDE. Okay. Um, okay. That's yeah. that's definitely one of my favorite camps, um, like in in the game right now. Mm-hmm. So a- anything that comes out of that, yeah. Ash Jones, who uh, are you looking for? in 2016. 2016. I, I would love if No Name Gypsy would bless me with a mixtape. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, who else? Um, <laughs> um, our our engineer is excited for No Name Gypsy. Um, if No Name Gypsy and Chance did a better did a project together, I would be. I don't think I need anything else out of 2016. I'd be I'd be I'd be tight. I'd be good. Um, of course, my boyfriend Frank Ocean. I definitely want him to do something. Um, Isaiah Rashad. I feel like he just like dropped something. Yeah. Uh, I. Or it's been a minute. Though. Yeah, it's been a bit. It's been a it's minute. Been a so if he did something in 2016, that'd be dope too. I would be. I'd be. I also for forgot that. about maybe a possible the possible J Cole and um Kendrick Already? collaboration. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yes. He, do- he dropped like some type of date on the Black yeah. Okay. I mean, it may be for a solo album, but they were talking possible collab too. Yeah. So if 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 the Justice Brothers. J. Cole and K. Dot got it together in the studio. That'll be that'll be fire and shit too. Twenty sixteen about to be this work. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I would say I don't know. You know, for me, I've never. Everyone has. Everyone's a huge Drake fan. I've never been a. You know, it's funny. I just became a Drake fan though. After this beef, which we're gonna talk oh, about. See, I've I've never given a flying fuck about Drake. Honestly. Really? No, I haven't. I haven't. He's not. He's not. Is it because he has light skin feelings? No, he just he just not he's not my type of artist. You know, I I don't, I don't really <laughs> grab nothing from him. But I do I do want to hear um views from the six. Ooh. Um, I might take some flack for this, but I'm looking. I do want to hear Dreamcatcher four. I want to see what Meek has to say. Who? Meek Mill. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. I don't. What is, what's what's Meek? His, his name is, I think it's Ramik. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't I really like the, care. The, the artist from Philly that dear, got into the beef dear with Nicki the artist Minaj, from Toronto. You're a good woman for staying with him. <laughs> <laughs> you a good um, woman. I would like to hear 
I don't know. I would like to hear. I actually, you know, I would like to hear a product from Drake. I mean, from uh, J Cole. I would like to hear a product from J Cole. Okay. And um, I don't know. The last I so much artist dropped in 2015. I, I want 2016 to be like don't don't. I don't want to see mixtapes. I want to see projects. Like full And length. if I only saw, if I only saw a quarter of the projects that dropped in 2015. Uh, twenty. If only a quarter of the product dropped this year drops next year, I'd be fine. As long as they're all like fire, I don't want. I feel like a lot of products, a lot of music dropped this year, and I think the beginning of it was just more so like, oh yeah, we we had products set to go, and everyone else at the end of the year was more so like, well, now we have put products out too this year. I don't want that. I rather twenty sixteen just more so be okay. Well, you know what? We this is what we want to put out. This is a well fine tuned project. This is this what we're gonna get. So. It was a quantity year, I feel. Yeah, it definitely it was. was. It I mean, there quality. was quality. There yeah. was some quality in there, but definitely. Uh, I yeah. mean, Jakeda just came and slayed with the Pimple Butterfly, like. Yeah, for sure. Like, just I feel like he really. What was so important about the Pimple Butterfly was aside from the fact that everything sonically was such a huge shift from um, Good Kid, Mad City. I feel like he also kind of ushered in a new. I feel like he kind of ushered in a new era of hip hop with that album. Mm-hmm. And. By the grace of Jehovah Jireh, if anything is going to be... No, I'm dead ass though. If he does not win album of the year, I will riot. Do you hear me, New York City? I will burn a bitch to the ground. I swear to God. All right. On to the Grammys. Well, speaking of the Grammys, you actually <laughs> said that. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Before we... I'm going to let you finish. Oh, but can we talk about how history has been made? Because J. Cole not only roasted whatever Meek Mill is, but he also went on to get nominated for a Grammy. And so for Drake. the first time... Oh, my bad. Who did I say? J. Cole. Oops. Go ahead. See, you get less than motherfuckers mixed. I apologize. Anyway. <laughs> we have Drake got nominated for a clapback track. And if he wins, Meek Mill may as well just quit the game now because he will never be taken seriously again. I'm done. Go on. I fucking hate that, that shit. I think it's nominated. hilarious. And it's I, know the, I know why you hate it. I think it's hilarious. First off, first off, backstory <laughs> back that I got now. Drake did not want that song to be. He wanted Hotline Bling to be the song. Yeah, his, his record, his record label, went, record behind label his back. Over, went behind his back and put forward um, back to back. Because they're hella petty. <laughs> they are. And I think it's fucking ridiculous because, you know, I don't think that back to back was the was a song for a Grammy nomination, and then for the Grammys to kind of be like, oh well, yeah, we're just gonna put this song too. It's like the fuck, bro. There was mad other music that went. Out. This was 2015. Mad shit came out. Why couldn't you choose another song? But whatever. <laughs> anyway, so um, let's talk Grammys real quick. Did you were you surprised by anybody's nomination? Um, just just that one actually. Me um, too. It wasn't so much like the fact that it's like a diss track. Mm. It was just, I feel like he just had better yeah, songs, true. like you know, better music. You know, he mm-hmm. dropped a whole, you know, a whole project out of nowhere, and it was just like, I love Company with like Travis Scott. Um, I mean, not that that's a Grammy nomination because that's more so of like a a real listener's like ear type mm-hmm, song, but mm-hmm. I felt like Hotline Bling. Re- not that it was like a favorite song of mine, which it wasn't, but it really dominated yes, the it year. Did. It dominated the internet, you know, it dominated, um, you know, TV, um, mm-hmm. political candidates, like any, you know, it just, it dominated everything. So I, I think it, it just, it was a good, it, that would have been the good song to have for exactly. like a, a nomination, you know. 
That's what I thought too. There, yeah. All right, so let's see. You let us know who you think is going to win this. So uh, best rap slash song collab. Uh, we have One Man Can Change the World with Big Sean, Kanye, and John Legend. Glory by Common and John Legend. Classic Man, um, Jadena uh, featuring uh, Roman Giancarthur. I hope I didn't fuck that name up. Um, These Walls by Kendrick Lamar, um, Bilal, Anna Wise, and the Thundercats. And Only by Nicki Minaj, Drake, Wayne, and Chris Brown. Who do you think will win out of those? Um, are we talking for this, well, is, this is best rap slash sung collab if if I if it went my way mm-hmm. which it's not going to be <laughs> I would say uh, one man could change the world I like that too actually. really that's, um, what I, that's what I would rather I would um, rather as long as, I, only, as long as only don't win we you do. know because I just feel like the message in that song exactly. and just like it literally has spoken to me I've had like rough times this year mm-hmm. you know just things I was going through and I like put that on and it, it kind of gave me that you know like you know anybody could do it anybody as he's as he's quoted like can change the world you know yeah. you have True. the ability you know and then he speaks on like his how his grandmother i believe so it was like his grandmother or whatever is you know the first uh what was a female black captain and mm-hmm. um yeah out there and like it just it just speaks to you it's actually a very very inspirational track as well as a good song i mean it has the the great artist that you want to see on yeah. it but yeah. it it conveys like this message neither, that yeah. like yeah that it kind of just it spreads throughout the whole world and i feel like it's a, a feeling that should be contagious and i get very happy when i hear that song but it also like it hits me like you know i kind of get like a little not you know a little emotional actually yeah just, no no me just, too you know, when i heard that song the first time i was i yeah, was kind of emotional but you know and it's it's very rare that you get the the uh, you know just that uh, happy feeling, but mm-hmm. also just the emotional like you know just just feeling inspired by it. So I would say if it could go my way, it would definitely be one one man can change the world. Well, I hope it goes your way. That's the song I'll choose <laughs> too. All right, next uh, best rap song we have All Day by Kanye, All Right by Kendrick Lamar, Energy by Drake. All right. Uh, <laughs> the end. Right. There's nothing. There is nothing <laughs> yeah, to talk about. about. Right. There's nothing You're to right. talk about. Right. His song You're became right. the, the 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 theme, the anthem for like black protests. Protest. Yes. Yes. No exactly. one else can come near I that. I agree. I agree. Yeah. The other two were uh, Glory by Common and John Legend. And Trap which is, Queen which by Fetty Wap. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I, no. All right is. Is uh, it? Man, whether it's just catchy, whether it's the message, um, the flows, uh, the video, which was just remarkable. That's my favorite. That's my favorite video this year. I don't have any um, thing to compare to it um, mm. in terms of just all. You know, just editing and and the black and white, the standing on top of that light pole, the police officer shooting him off the light pole and like, wow, like that's. Yeah, I would say all right. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, th- I think we're all in agree- agreement for That's, that one. It has to be. Who else? Who else? Come on. Okay, so best rap album. This is the last one. Uh, 2014, Forest Hill Drive, Drake, J. Cole, obviously. Compton by Dr. Dre. If you're reading this, it's too late by Drake. To the Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. And The Pink Print by Nicki Minaj. Um, by Felicia, what? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's rough with that one for me. Um, me too. Uh, I feel that... Uh, to pimp a butterfly, it's not as easily listenable. I, it took me a couple listens to yeah. really be like, wow, like yeah. you know, this is this you know, it's a possible classic in hip hop, like you know, um, for its time and, and having all the messages and all the entendres and everything in it. But that the J. Cole, if you speak on his 
his production, which he involved, which is mostly all, it's all him <laughs> for the most part, you know, with the hands of other people. Um, just being him, no features, mm -hmm. um, just, you know, straight artistry from him. Mm -hmm. um, and just the listen and the and the catchiness and, and the messages and the and just the reminiscing. It's like, you know, it takes you back to yeah. Forest Hills, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and I felt like I was able to get in that like car the first time I pressed play on it. You know, I heard, uh, what was it, Hello is the mm -hmm. first? Yeah. yeah, Hello. And and once I hit play, I, I didn't have it on shuffle or anything. I just let it sit and I just sat there and was just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, whoa, it took me on a ride the first listen. So I would go with um, Forest Hill Drives. All right. Yeah. Miss Ice Jones. Drive, yeah, for this sure. is this is actually hard for me because okay, so I didn't see it for Drake at first. When I listened to if you're reading this is too late, I was just like, man, fuck Drake. But then I listened again and I was just like, okay, 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 okay. Maybe he got bars. Not as good as his other products though. Mm -hmm. But then we have 2000 Hills Forest Hills Drive, which was like my shit and I love it. But Drake, not Drake. I'm so sorry. J Cole has a history of sus ass lyrics though. Okay. Especially with the song. Um, Damn, what's the name of the one song? I think it's um, I think it starts with an A. Damn, what was it called? There's uh, a one. Apparently. Apparently, yes. That's the one with the sus lyric. He has like the the line goes, "Give a virgin the urge to rape me." If you listen very closely, he says it very fast. But I look at the lyrics, and that's exactly what he said. So he has, he's out of the running to being America's next uh, rap artist. <laughs> um, so I gotta give it to the god Kendrick, the pimp of butterfly. You know, I, I, I sometimes, right? Sometimes, right? I'd be like, I'm not gonna hear no Cali bias from you. Sometimes, I swear to God, I'm like, I'm not you gonna hear no Cali bias from on. you. But no, I'm gonna have to give it to J. Cole as well. Um, for me, I, I'll explain. I think that 2014 Forest Hill Drive, if I, I mean, okay, so... Little backstory. I've been listening to um, The Miseducation with Lauryn Hill, right? Oh, you better be. Go on. <laughs> I have. And um, I can tell you, like, I listened to that album for the first time when I was, I want to say, 12. So it's been 15 years to me now. And I played that for, like, a week and a half straight. And if I go, if I had my headphones, which I lost somehow, some way, I'll be playing that on the way home, right? Um... I feel like 2014 Forest Hill Drive will do that for me 15 years from now. Really? Yes. I just and coincidentally, they both don't have any features on it. Yeah. So, um, with, with, with Kendrick Lamar, I do think that his album will become a classic. Yes. I think they both become classics. I just think that it went over too many people's heads. You have to listen to it too many times to be able to to be able to get enough from it like but that's the point of a classic though that's I, I, the point I, of a classic though like it no, has you to know be what? Able, it has to be able to stand the test of time and it has to be able to give itself i, to I feel like again good again. kid mad city gave me the j cole hop in the car and i was ready to yeah go. i mean back to freestyle was my shit though that like, will take back to freestyle was my shit like good kid mad city will, will will withstand the test of time and it didn't go over anyone's head really this like it's been butterfly 15 minutes from now i'll still be listening i'll listen to it and I'll still be like, fuck, I still, I'm still not sure exactly what he meant here. You know, I, I mean, I I love it. I just think it went over 20 people's heads, including mine. I've listened to it over and over and over and over and over again. And maybe by next year, this time, I might catch enough to be like, oh, well, maybe I was wrong last year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but, but, but to segue, to segue, 
President Obama didn't choose a song of a 2014 Forest Hill Drive for his favorite song of the year. Let's talk about he, that. Mm, Let's talk about it. Let's talk he about chose, it. He chose How Much Dollar Cost by Kendrick Lamar. So my first thought was that it was an overall, it was a sub for the overall project because of the message that it came with, right? What did you think when you heard that President Obama chose, out of all the songs in America, all the songs he could have chose, he chose Kendrick Lamar. He got Lamar's co-signed song. by the president, obesity, hashtag 44. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wasn't surprised, to be honest, Um, because, you know, just not that he has to keep an image, which he does have to keep an image, Mm -hmm. um, but, but it, it just, it went to show how powerful the overall message in the project was that enough where the, you know, one of the world's most important people, um, thought it was, you know, worth being that song of you know choice for their you know that year or you know their Mm -hmm. song of the year Mm -hmm. um so i just it gave it gave me just the reassurance of just like yes it you know maybe it wasn't an instant classic as as a whole but it's definitely a classic it's definitely something to you know listen back if you didn't get it the first time and i i just yeah i appreciated that because it it shows that you know no matter what you know a level of power it's just like if you're saying something it's gonna be heard and it's gonna be understood by you know the right people or you know um so i yeah i definitely appreciated his choice and i thought it was correct like i thought it was like all right yeah i wouldn't have chosen like anything else or any other artist for a you know a song aside from maybe like i said big sean but yeah (laughs) this is the second time we've heard from the white house and ever being interested in hip-hop because with malia she was really here for joy badass Badass, but i was listening to early today though i love before the money it's so good and then now with obama with uh to pimp a butterfly so you know black people winning (laughs) as always man as always we have as we have been we have tested we have been uh we've tested time i can say that for a fact Mm -hmm. man okay anyway so we're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, we're going to see if we can get a little, a little acapella. Um, and talk about hip-hop and. Yes, I'm talk about hip-hop and, and mm-hmm. more. It's the Uncle Radio Show. Good morning. Morning. Coming up on a future episode of the Encore Radio Show. Take me back to day one. Take me back to days where we couldn't get enough. Your beautiful light skin Just rest your end in mine Rest your end in mine I wanna see you happy No matter where I am No matter who you with And after all this time My feelings won't decline for you I loved you, you loved me Everything was alright But when he entered the picture All we did was fight Girl, you can't put me through that Yes, I miss your calls and your texts But through all the hurt And we're back with the Encore Radio Show And I'm here with Kids With Soul And this is the segment Hashtag Hip Hop And where we talk about all things concerning hip hop culture And people being hella ratchet on the internet Alright so hip hop and feminism that is usually a cringing word for most men um but to narrow it down though let's talk about aisha curry um i'm sure you know about the tweets that she um put Mm -hmm. online but i'll recap for you and read you two of the tweets that she sent out 
Um, one of them was, everyone's barely into wearing clothes these days, huh? Not my style. I like to keep the good stuff covered up to those who matter. And then her other tweet was, just looking at the latest fashion trends, I'll take classy over trendy every any day of the week. So, there's this kind of sort of binary that a lot of people, a lot of people think that she's in the right, but what ended up happening is it opened the gateway for like Hotep Twitter dudes to come in and be like, in a world of, in a world of Amber Roses, we all need Naisha Curry or women being slut shamed for wearing certain things, and it kind of there's a sort of unfair comparison that if you wear certain things, you'll attract this kind of respect, or if you wear certain things, if something happens to you, it's your fault. So I guess perhaps as a rapper. And rappers love to talk about money, bitches, and whatever whatever the hell rappers love to talk about. And also as a young man, um, what do you when you look at a young woman and you see her dressed a certain way, what do you what is your knee jerk reaction? Whether she's just like me, or if she's just in a t shirt and jeans, or if she's just in a halter top and a, like a really high waisted A line skirt, um, would you agree that a, 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 attributing her respect to her clothing is fair, or what do you think about that? And be totally honest. No one's gonna. No one's going to. Um, you for it. Wow, that's it's tough mm -hmm. because I feel as like society has a, a a view as like you know less clothes, more promiscuous, or mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. you know that type of feel. But for me personally, I think you know it's just a you have you have freedom to do and wear whatever you know you you really want to you know um i don't think necessarily because you're wearing like a certain shirt or or really tight clothes or something that it it you know it ties into your character or mm -hmm. or the way you conduct yourself you know toward mm -hmm. you know men or women vice versa um I, I think it's just everybody should just have their own what, whatever they like they should be able to wear I mean I think there are certain extremes where you can like someone Miley Cyrus I, I hate to bring her up but, mm, but <laughs> as Miley as, as a Miley Cyrus that's just extreme like mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and that's just way way too much it's mm -hmm. it's just like you cringe at it mm -hmm. but you know to say that you know someone who's comfortable with their body and decides you know they want to wear you know this type of skirt or shirt or mm -hmm. these pants or whatever or the style I don't think you should put them in a bracket you know mm -hmm. and it, you know it doesn't necessarily should attract it will attract attention mm -hmm. you know you should know going into wearing those you know, you know those type of items that you're gonna attract attention from you know guys women you know it, all kind of people mm -hmm. so you know it's just as of going to a an interview you know you're not gonna go in there and like booty shorts and you know, uh, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, in certain that. stuff, it's just like I feel, I feel that you should be able to wear what you want when you when you have you know you don't have any uh, restrictions. Mm -hmm. You should be able to wear what you want without being judged to mm -hmm. a certain point. Mm -hmm. You know, it, there's a line, there's a line to like cross. But I don't think anybody should be judged for wearing you know any certain amount of clothing, whether it's too much or too less. You know, mm -hmm. so. Do you feel as though Aisha Curry's tweets were taken out of the context and people perhaps took them too far and added all sorts of, I guess, theory and ideals to it that she didn't intend on? Or do you feel as though she was trying to make a point about how women who dress like me should be the standard? What do you think? Um, I feel like she just, because of her the situation she's in, which is like a, a very very respectable like husband um and and you know and her like their family is just like it's as like that it's just a very it's not 
their business isn't all out there and for what you do see it's it's a very stable and very happy and it, it should be something that people would strive to be with someone and say hey I have that kind of relationship with my husband or my wife mm -hmm. and and my kids and I you know I spend time with them and our priority is them mm -hmm. but you know we also work toward other things and and we don't share our our dirt and yeah. and I feel like she maybe was just you know saying that she she feels that she's doing it a certain way you know in, in a respectable manner that you would see you know that society would you know consider it as and she was just saying you know hey you don't have to you know be all out there to to you know find success or mm -hmm. or to you know have respect you know because there is a certain thing going on now with like uh instagram these like models where you know it's like less clothes and you know doing these angles that you know we know you know that they're trying you know to perceive this type of um i guess like view of them even if that's mm -hmm. not who they are it's just mm -hmm. okay I'm gonna get more popular people are gonna like me you know people are gonna reach out I think that'll give me opportunity mm -hmm. and you know what get it how you get it you yeah, know yeah, is I how I would that. say it but it's just when you have like you know younger generations you know mm -hmm. saying you know oh I want to be like Amber Rose and it's not that she's you know successful in her own light but you know it's it's more so just saying, you know, there's there's a certain standard, I guess, you know, that she wants, you know, people to see that, you know, you can be a, a loving a loving wife to someone, and and you can you don't have to be revealing to find successes and stuff like that. So I w wouldn't say she was taking shots mm -hmm. in particular at anyone. She was just saying that, you know, hey, you know, I I want to be seen as you know a role model too. You know, understand that if you're not comfortable with like showing your body. Mm -hmm. or anything like that you can still you know be seen as someone who's you know respected yeah. and you know and you can be taken serious even if you're not taking off like all your clothes you know to mm -hmm. get attention so I think what she did wasn't wasn't wrong and and um I definitely think people took it just a little they were just too too sensitive on it just too sensitive with her words I think she was speaking facts <laughs> like yeah so then, what do you make of, so then, going back to Amber Rose, the sort of kind of comparison where we put Amber Rose on one spectrum and Aisha Curry on the other. Um, it, Kanye West was on, I think, Hot 97 or something like that, where he was talking about his marriage to Kim Kardashian and all of these things. And at one point, the conversation shifted over to his previous relationship with Amber Rose and how he made a really, like, offensive comment saying that he had to shower 19 times before he was with her. When, depending on who you ask, though, Kim Kardashian and Amber Rose are in the same playing field. So why do you think... So why do you think it is that um, Kim Kardashians are put in a higher pedestal than Amber Rose's when they're pretty much doing the same thing almost? Wow, yeah, that is a good question. Um, I guess it's more so the change mm. um, that we've seen. We, we've seen her go from, you know, uh, a person that was just like, whether it was on purpose or not, you know, leaked, um, you know, a video out and had like this whole buzz and this whole like raunchiness to it to someone who showed they were like a loving mother and, mm -hmm. and you know she had her show and and a smart businesswoman mm -hmm. uh, and I, I feel like you know yes you could say at one point they were in the same bracket mm -hmm. but in terms of like you know long term I feel that Kim Kardashian even though it may never be forgotten she has definitely 
came about like on a good good she has a good image now like mm -hmm. you know as as just a mother and of now too um but a mother and a businesswoman and a, and a you know a loving wife mm -hmm. um and a supportive wife and and you know a designer and all this and i feel like she's doing positive things um you know yes she was in that that you know that that world and stuff but now you know you really see her and you you can respect you know what her and Kanye are doing, you know, they they see the best interests of themselves and mm -hmm. and their family, um, and they're making power moves and yeah, and they support each other a million percent, and you can see that it's just a genuine love and and uh, I I can't help but like respect it. I, I like I said, you can dwell on the history of it, but at this point in time, like she's definitely doing things the correct way. Thank you so much, Kids with Soul, for coming into the Encore Radio Show. Do you want to tell us your handles and everything, and anything that's going on with you forthcoming? Any shows, anything like that? Of course. Um, thank you for having me. In the, mm -hmm. in, um, my pleasure. First and foremost, because this is like my first radio interview. The vibes are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I have uh, my upcoming project, um, The Other Me, mm -hmm. um, which is coming out uh, early next year. Uh, I'm, I have shows that are lined up for. Starting January to about May, I'll be trying to do at least one to two shows within two week intervals. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter, SoundCloud, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook at Kids with Soul. All one word? All one word. So yeah. just kids, plural, with soul on any social network. You can yeah. just Google me. <laughs> Well, you heard that all. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all your favorite go-to places. Kids with Soul. That's K-I-D-S-W-I-T-H-S-O-U-L. All one word, Kids with Soul. And you can find yours truly, I.S. Jones, at I.S. Jones Poetry on Facebook, I.S. Jones Poetry on Twitter, and at Aurorian Shire on Instagram. Hey, your boy Wise. The real Wise. The real Wise. What is he? It's the Encore Radio Show. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. The Encore Radio Show is an indie creative network production and executively produced by Chris Scope Aesthetic.